0: I said before, and so I'll read that to God, I'll turn the page, and I'll keep working back, and, uh, and I'm just having the time of my life rehearsing all the blessings that God's given me, praising Him. Now, after I do that, I feel like, man, I am really charged up here. This is the most, this is my favorite thing to do is to praise the Lord, and I could never do this unless I wrote those things down, and so that's just, that's just part of Uh, That's just the way I begin my prayer session every morning. I begin by writing things that happened to me yesterday. You might say, I can't even remember what happened yesterday. Well, you have to work at that. I write the things, the blessings that God has poured down upon me or the church or other people, and I'll write that, and then the next uh, I'll just keep reading those things to the Lord. It's phenomenal. Uh, This next category, look at this. Number two is confession. Remember I said you don't get very graphic in your book on this because somebody may find your book and you're done. You're dead You're dead in the water. Uh, I do want to give you, though, a few things, just some instruction here about confession. Confession is really important. It really is. Now, you know that one verse that we quote all the time, and I don't try to quote it because, uh, all the time because uh, you're, you're so familiar with it. 1 John 1, 9. Go ahead, Chai. We Confessors and cleanses from all unrighteousness. So you got it. Almost everybody has that. Um, I, I want to give you a few to write down to add to that, okay? That's First John 1 9. Because when I enter my confession period, confession is really important because you know what happens if we don't confess the situations that we develop in our life? <laughs> We become burdened down with the guilt of those situations. And so, so let's say you have two or three weeks that you just don't really have a very... You're not confessing the issues before God. Before long, you're walking around like this. You're so guilted out. You're so defeated. And so confession is something that's for you, to lift the burden of guilt off of you. Okay? Uh, Write this down, Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Now, this is a powerful one. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Um, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. See if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. What you're doing there is you're saying, Lord, okay, look into my heart. Now, that's not natural for us, is it? Because what we say is, Lord, don't look into my heart. I don't want anybody looking in my heart because there are things in my heart I don't want people to see. Now, I'll tell you what. To be truthful, it took me quite a long time to be able to pray that, or to, pray that to God with open sincerity. Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there is any wicked way in me, Put your flashlight in my heart and shine it around, God. <coughs> Search me, know my heart, see if there's any wicked way in me, and then lead me in the way everlasting. You, I give you permission, God, to put your flashlight into the corners of my heart, those crevices, those dark places. Shine your light on me, Lord, because I'm, if you show me what that is, I'm going to ask you to forgive me. Confession is a time that we come for forgiveness from the Lord. Uh, But we first of all, in order to get forgiveness, we have to confess that there are things in our heart that are messed up. And all of us have things in our heart, don't we, that are messed up. And And so those are the things that are dragging us down. Those little things sometimes we want to hold on to, you know, I'm gonna live the Christian life like eighty percent, but there's twenty percent. Here, you know, I think I'm gonna hold on to that. Well, uh, that'll be the that'll be your downfall if you're not if you don't have the courage enough to say, Lord, come on now, look at that twenty percent. Give me the courage to repent of that and to turn from it. Uh, here's another one I like, second 2 Timothy two twenty one. Uh, This is, I love the NLT, it says this, uh, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a utensil God can use for his purpose. You'll be clean and ready for the master to use you for every good work. If you keep yourself pure, now that's a job in our dirty world, isn't it? Yeah, You know, we go out in our work way, and it's like, whoa, this is dirty out here, man. I mean, I just went to work one day, and I got dirt up to here. And it's not physical dirt. It's just dirt. Uh, And so the Bible says it's our job to keep ourselves pure. And we do that through confession and repentance. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a utensil God can use. God is looking for people... He can use, and He wants to use, pure vessels. Now, all of us continually need vigilance in that, don't we? Amen? We all need vigilance in that. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a utensil God can use for His purpose, and you'll be clean and ready for the Master to use you for every good work. And what that means is this, is if you are confessing the corners of your life to God and God is operating on you, and you're cleaning your life up, then God is going to use you. But if you don't do that, you just take yourself out of the category of usability. You're going to become just another Christian that comes to church, sits in the pews, and wonders what's wrong with your life. And you know what's wrong, but you're unwilling to face it, see? And so, and so what you have to do is you have to break out of the mold of normal Christian experience. Normal Christian experience is, yeah, I like the church, but I like the world too. That's normal Christian experience. I love the church, but I love the world. And so therefore, when I'm in church, I'll act like church. When I'm in the world, I'll act like the world. Well, that just doesn't cut it with God. God's goal for our life is for you and me to continually become cleaner and cleaner in His sight. And as we do this, He will look down at you and say, okay, there's a vessel I can use right there. And He will call you out and He will use you for His work. Now, if you don't do that, you become unusable. Now, you may go through the motions, but that's all it is. It's not real spiritual productivity. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.21. Here's another one. Psalm 19.14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let's say it, meditation of my heart, that's what's in your heart. not You might say, boy, I have my mouth under control, God wants your heart to be under control. What you think about, the meditations of your heart, you might say, Man, what I think about is. That's what confession is for. Okay? Now, these are three verses, and I gave you these three verses because these are three verses that I use almost every day when I come to my second category, confession. And I pray those verses to the Lord Lord, turn your searchlight on my heart. I want to be a clean vessel. I want the meditation of my heart uh, to be clean in your sight. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in your sight. You know, oftentimes we'll say, well, you know, I, I didn't say anything really bad today. But on the other hand, we had some heart issues that were pretty bad. And so that's why we're supposed to confess these things to the Lord, because we know they're bad. But we, God says, listen, I want you to admit to me they're bad. Say, I want you to fess up. I want you to admit to me they're bad and then change those things. And uh, that means repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of action. And so we're talking about confession tonight. And uh, so, so we're starting out like this. And then what I want you to do, and I, I, I'm thankful that many of you are taking notes because you're not going to walk out of here and remember this. There's only one or two people that have photographic memories in here. No, there's probably none that have photographic memories. Uh, this is my little routine. I, I quote those verses to the Lord and then I begin. And I say this and write this down. Lord, forgive me for the spirit of unforgiveness. You can just write spirit of unforgiveness. Now, do you hold grudges against people? If you do, you're messing up your whole confessional life. Because the Bible says, and write this down, Matthew six twelve, Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us. And so here we are. We've come to a time of confession. And we're saying, Lord, forgive me of this and forgive me of that. And God's looking in your heart and he says, listen, haven't you forgiven Bill over here or Mary over there or your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister? Haven't you forgiven them? So that's the first thing. I talk about to the Lord almost every day. Forgive me for having an unforgiving spirit. Then I quote the verse, Matthew 6, 12. Forgive us our debts, I, and I pray the verse to God. Just to show him I know the verse. <laughs> okay? Second thing, Second thing I do is I pray that God will forgive me of pride. And the verse for that is Philippians 2 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. Now, this, this is like the biggie right here. Lord, forgive me of pride. Uh, and then I quote to the Lord that verse Philippians 2 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. See, I don't, I don't just say, Lord, forgive me because I'm a proud person. I, I turn it around and I say, forgive me of that, but help me now to improve by esteeming other people better than myself. And I try to practice that. And that's pretty hard for a proud person like me. You know, when you're out and about and you look at people, don't we look at people with, like, a judgmental spirit? We see somebody and we say, okay, that person's not educated. They're not refined. They don't work. They do this. They do that. And, and we've, like, we don't even know them. We just, like, have it all figured out, and we put them down, right, in our mind. Well, that's pride, And really what that's saying is, I'm better than them, right? Isn't that what you're saying when you do that? I'm better than them. I'm educated. I'm more refined than they are. I have my act together better than they do. Why can't they get it together? That's pride. And so the scripture says, esteem others better than yourself. And so this is what I practice. I try to practice. I look at that person and my first propensity is to to put them down in my mind. My second thought is I have to lift them up above myself. And so this is what I do. I say to myself, you know, they have a better heart than I do. Now, I don't know their heart, but I'm trying to esteem them better than myself. And so what happens is I, I change my attitude from looking down at them to looking up at them. And what that does is that puts me in a more humble position rather than a proud pos- position. Now, this is all scriptural. Philippians 2 through 2, 3, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, that's humility, let each esteem others better than themselves. Okay, this person's better than me. This person's better than me. This person's better than me. Uh, That keeps me, supposedly, in the right frame of mind. Okay? That's pride. Uh, Let's look at another one. Attitude is the next. Lord, forgive me for my bad attitude. You know, we beat our kids up and we say, man, you got an attitude. Most parents have an attitude too, you know that? Uh... One day I came into church, there was a guy in the church, he's up here, down here, he's kneeling, he's got his Bible open. He said, Pastor, why don't you come in here and pray with me? And I said, okay. So we're kneeling there and he said, I'm asking the Lord here in the church to fix my attitude because I have a bad attitude. And he said, I do that every morning. I just wanted to do it in the church this morning to see if it would help any better. But at least he knew he had a bad attitude. And you know, sometimes I get a bad attitude toward people. I know you never thought that. I get a bad attitude toward people. And I say to the Lord, Lord, uh, I have a bad attitude. Forgive me. And then I quote a verse to God. Philippians 2, five, Let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. See, I confess the error. And then I suggest the solution. And the solution is, Lord, I need the attitude of Jesus. I want to see the world through the eyes of Jesus. You might say, boy, your confession is really something. It really needs to be, let me tell you that. It really needs to be something. Okay? Okay. Lord, I have this bad attitude. Give me your mind. Give me your attitude. Change my attitude to your attitude. Help me to see the world through your eyes. Uh, The next thing is, Lord, forgive me for the things that I have omitted in my life. I've left out. Important things I didn't do. We call these sins of omission. You know, people come to church and they say, boy, I haven't done anything really bad. Well, you haven't done anything really good either. You're just like in neutral. Uh, and so, and so I, I confess to the Lord, Lord, forgive me of the things that I didn't do. And the scripture is James 4.17. He who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is what? Sin. And so I know all these good things I'm supposed to do, But sometimes I don't do them, and so therefore they're sin. And so I say to the Lord, Lord, forgive me of the things I should have done. And then I quote that verse to the Lord just to make sure he knows I know the verse. James 4, 17. Lord, forgive me of the things I didn't do. You might say, boy, you've really got under my skin already tonight, Pastor. Just hang on. We're not finished yet. I think confession is really important because you know what John is doing? John is telling the Lord, Lord, I'm really human. And you're really divine. And I really need your help. And I can't change without you. And I want to change. And I'm not giving up until change comes now all of those things which i just mentioned to you how do you think god if i have a sincere heart how do you what is god going to say to those things if i'm going to say to the lord forgive me my pride and help me to esteem people better than me what's the answer to that prayer yes or no god's going to say you got it that's awesome that's awesome Lord, I have a bad attitude. God says, I know it. It was real bad yesterday. (laughs) So I, and God's going to say, is he going to say, John, no, I'm not forgiving you of that. What's he going to say? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means lift the guilt. So I got all this guilt on me but I'm trying to do this almost every day. And so it doesn't pile up like to to Mount Everest. It doesn't pile up. It just gets on there a little bit. But confession, you can knock it off, see? And you can be free to face God and to face man. Uh, Lord, forgive me of the things that I didn't do. Uh, forgive me, Lord, for being a poor servant of you of yours God says yeah I just want to hear it from your lips a poor servant help me to be better forgive me for being a poor dad to my kids I was talking to a dad in our church today he says in effect to me I'm a poor dad I blew it with my kids I'm a workaholic I said, you need to get right with God. Uh, forgive me, Lord, for being a poor father to my kids, a poor husband to my wife. Help me to be better today. Not only bring up the problem, but bring up the solution. Lord, I, I blew it, but please help me to do better. Uh, and then, and then here's like the, the 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 finishing point. Forgive me, Lord, of anything I've done to offend Your holiness. Whoa. Whoa. Psalm 22.3 says, "You are holy, enthroned in the praises of Your people. Forgive me of anything I have done to offend Your holiness." And boy, I tell you, I think we've done quite a few things there. God is so holy and he's so perfect and, and things are offensive to him. And so what I'm saying to you is, is just use some of these things as a guide because it sure has taken me a long time to figure some of this out. <laughs> and I'm not uh, the final authority on this. But uh, don't just do one of these, Lord, forgive me my sins, I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> what does that mean? What is that about? Dear Lord. Uh, we need to like deal with the issues in our life. Because the issues never get better until we confess that we have an issue. See? Because we just have to be bold enough to present it to the Lord, and let him deal with it, okay? Um, okay, that's enough about confession. I think you have have the gist of that. I do that, that particular routine five days a week. Um, I have some personal spiritual goals. I think that they're on here somewhere. Yeah, my spiritual goals. They're right on the right side. Uh, I pray that the Lord will make me a person of faith. Because the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, without faith it's impossible to please God. You. And what that means is if you don't obey the Lord, you can't please God. If God says do something, change your attitude, change your environment, change your friends, and you don't do that, that's not the life of faith. The life of a faith is believing in God and obeying his word. And so 11, uh, Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. And so I pray, Lord, help me to be a person of faith. Now what's God's answer to that? Yes or no? Okay. Because faith is important. Faith enables me to obey God when everybody else is leading me in the wrong direction. Faith enables me to take a stand. Uh, and that's one of the things I pray for. I, I pray that the Lord will help me to be the best prayer that I can be. Prayer. And I want, to, I want you to pray this too. I don't want to be the best prayer that ever was because I read about those guys. I don't want to do that. I just want to be the best one that I can be in my world, in my circle of influence. I pray that the Lord will make me the best worshiper that I can be. I've learned a lot about that. Maybe one of these days I'll tell you about that. Uh, I, I want to be able to say that I have worshipped God every day, at least three or four times throughout the day. Uh, I, I think I've told you before, I have, a, I have an alarm on my, on my cell phone, and it's set for, let's see, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 8 o'clock at night. And it goes off, and that's my alarm to pray, to worship the Lord. Because the Bible says in Isaiah 55, 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. That's today, it's not tomorrow. The only time I have to seek the Lord is now. And so I don't want to miss praising the Lord, see. So it my alarm goes off and I try to find a place. Sometimes I, I can't do that, and so I try to do it and do what I'm doing also, which sometimes is tricky. You know. Uh, I pray that God will make me the best worshiper that I can be, and the best faster that I can be. Uh, the best mem- memorizer of scripture that I can be. Okay, we're going to stop right there today. And what what we want to do now is uh, we have these discussion questions, and we've done these a couple times. But today we're going to take it one step farther. Okay, one step farther. And uh, what what I want you guys to do is to meet together in groups of threes or fours. Don't let this scare you. It's not threatening. This is only talk. We're only talking. We're not praying. And I want you to pick out one of these questions and get a group consensus. Okay, what does your group say about this? Come up with a solution. Where can I retreat in order to have a quiet place? Most of the time people say, you know, I can't even find any place quiet to pray. That's an obstacle for them. Kids are tearing a house down. Boy, I I remember those years. What time-wasting activity can I... Replace with prayer, okay? Uh, let's uh, just choose one of these things and come up with a solution and then we'll come back and we'll take five minutes to talk about the solution, okay? So look around and you help us, ladies and guys. You get three or four ladies together. Guys, you get four, three or four guys together with this paper and let's go talk about it. We'll have to probably move over into this area. Some of the groups... Don't be afraid if you're here for the first or second time. We love you. We won't hurt you. Just uh, grab the person next to you and say, hey, listen, can I be in your group? Oh, you need need a paper. Is there any more papers left? Here's another one. Is anybody? Okay, hey, guys. Okay. Help everybody. I don't think there are anymore, but somebody in your group will have a paper no, someone in someone in the group, Karen, will have the paper That was the uh, something else. okay, do we have all of our groups? very good looks like you guys are trying. okay, choose one of those uh, one of those questions, and let's just really dig into it and uh